I don't need it on a playlist. It's everywhere. That's not the unofficial anthem of Christmas. Like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, but it is, Jake. All I want for Christmas is you. Where is this you? Yeah. Is it the dog? Is it Santa? <laughs> is it the wholesome pole dancing tree that she's dancing on? What is you? You know, that's a good question. Where's he at? Hello, and welcome to the Untitled Gen X podcast, a podcast dedicated to the pop culture that raised us. I'm Lori, a writer and pop culture lover who's very merry to welcome my new best friend, Big Brother Jake, to chat all about the song Mariah Carey calls among her greatest achievements. Yes, little lambs, we're talking about Mariah's 1994 holiday classic, All I Want for Christmas is You. But before we get into the earworm of it all, I'd like to tell you all about Big Brother Jake. Jake Warner, his government name, is a Navy veteran and a radio veteran. He's a SoCal native who works as an on-site engineer and producer for the Los Angeles Clippers and the Los Angeles Kings radio broadcasts. He also hosts the Big Brother Jake podcast and serves as the executive podcast producer and development of talent for Rose City Sound. He's also a loving father of three daughters and the warmest guy you'll ever meet. Welcome to the podcast, Big Brother Jake. Wow, that intro, I sound more important than I really am, I guess. That that was beautiful. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> You're very important. You're a radio veteran. I mean, you've been doing this for a long time. Oh, yeah. 21 years now. Wow. Yeah. 21 years. Wow. And your podcast, you've recorded like 148 episodes like you've been doing that for a while right you're on it yes absolutely i've been doing podcasting as a host for the last three years now so okay. it's a whole different realm from what i'm used to right but i love it I, because i i talk a lot anyway so i might as well record it and put it on you know some kind of record you know <laughs> i have to tell you jake like you were just so the word i used when i was talking to aaron bender who joined me for I, the boys episode Yes, he he is a big fan of yours. I know he's a close friend of yours. Yes. I called you infectious. Your personality is just so big. And Aaron <laughs> suggested that I have you on. And I thought it was such a great idea. So thank you so much for joining me. Like, we're new best friends. I mean, I said it in the beginning. We're besties now, so we can't go back. We're homies for life now. <laughs> homies for life. And I'm so excited to talk about Mariah Carey and all I want for Christmas is you with you. This will be fun. She is like the indisputable like queen of Christmas, right? Like the world yes. has just decided. Yes. All of a sudden, she is the one that dominates Christmas music all over the globe now. She really does. Like we are armpit deep. <laughs> in Mariah Carey season. Yes, we are. She's everywhere. We, we can't even discuss Thanksgiving yet without her singing in our ears while the turkey's being cooked. Oh, my God, Jake. I mean, we saw that <laughs> video of her that went viral of her saying, yes. like, it's time and smashing the pumpkins. It's like <laughs> November 1st. It's like, welcome to Mariah season. Yes, exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so I thought before we jumped into the video, we should talk a little bit about the history of the song okay. and um, how it came to be. And because, you know, it's literally everywhere and yes. we all know the song. I'm not going to say we all love it. We all know it, <laughs> but we don't all know the history. We don't. That's what we're going to dive into right now. That's okay. right. 
Let's drive Santa's sleigh back. Let's, let's start from the beginning. <laughs> Let's do it. So in 1993, Mariah Carey was just the shit. Yes, she was. She was coming off of like huge success from her third album. Mm-hmm. That album was Music Box. And yes. that is the album with like Dream Lover, Hero. Great album, yes. Anytime You Need a Friend. I mean, that album mm-hmm. still slaps today. Like it is fantastic, yes, it right? Love, I, I get goosebumps thinking about it. I love that album. It's so good. So her management team at the time, which included her then husband, Sony CEO, Tommy Mottola. Mottola, Okay. Tommy Mottola, who Mm -hmm. Michael Jackson once famously called a mean and a very devilish that Tommy Mottola. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So he was part of her management team and he was trying to figure out like, what should Mariah do next? She's at the top of her game. Where do we go from here? Right. Someone on her management team came up with the idea of a Christmas album. And at that time, that was almost totally unheard of because she was at the top of her game. And like Christmas albums were one of those things that were reserved for people who like were once big deals and really weren't anymore. And it was their way (laughs) of being like, hey, world, I'm still here. Let me put out a Christmas album. (laughs) But Mariah always loved Christmas. So Mm -hmm. she was like, I like this idea. Let's give it a try. She said, I'm a very festive person and I love the holidays. I've sung Christmas songs since I was a little girl. I used to go Christmas caroling. When it came to the album, we had a nice balance between standard Christian hymns and fun songs. It was definitely a priority for me to write at least a few new songs. But for the most part, people really just want to hear the standards at Christmas time, no matter how good a new song is. Mm. Now, a lot of people don't really know Mariah Carey is an incredible songwriter. Like she is. She's not just pretty face and an amazing vocalist. She has written like 17 of her 18 number one songs. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think we forget about that sometimes. You know, a lot of people do. And it's funny you say that. If I could bring this up, I was talking to some of my daughter's friends. Right. And I was playing something from Music Box. I forget what song. It might have been Anytime You Need a Friend. Okay. And I was bumping it at ignorant levels. <laughs> and, and, and they were like, who is this? I said, it's Mariah Carey. Oh, the Christmas song lady? I'm like, no. Oh, hell no. I was pissed. I almost kicked the kid out of my house. I'm like, no. She's done oh. way more than that. That's just a smidge of what she's done. Okay. So I had to school these youngsters on how great she is. Better educate. Yes. Right. And she, all of a sudden, she's like, oh, wow. So she did that song and fantasy and all that's her I'm like yes that's the same one so i i told my daughter you can't be friends with her anymore (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's that misnomer that a lot of people they don't think she writes her own music and they don't realize how talented she is outside of that one song you know over the years i just think because she's just such a big personality and and she's known for being you know kind of a diva that i think that's all they think mariah is like she's just a diva performer that performs songs that other people write. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's far from it. She's very involved in the whole process. Yeah. She's a genius. Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Range, writing skills. She can arrange a song real well. Like it's very, she's very underrated when it comes to that. Yeah. She's the whole package. 
So what Mariah decided to do, she was like, okay, I know it's like spring summertime, but I want to try and get into the Christmas spirit. We're going to be writing Mm -hmm. Christmas songs. Let's get in the Christmas spirit. So she decorated a Christmas tree at home. She lived in upstate New York and they had a recording studio in their house. So, you know, it was all happening there. So she decorated a tree. She was playing It's a Wonderful Life. She made a list of all the magical things that she loved about Christmas since she was a kid. And she said, I wanted the song to feel like something that I could have grown up listening to. That's why Mm. it has that sort of like, old school sound. Yeah, it was like a nostalgia to it. For sure. There's definitely yeah. a nostalgia to it, yes. Yeah. So even though the original plan, of course, was for her to cover Holiday Standards, she co-wrote and co-produced this hit in about 15 minutes. <laughs> like what? And she did this with badass legend Walter Afanasyov. And this was on her first Christmas album titled Merry Christmas in mm-hmm. 1994. Slate suggested that the Christmas magic of this song is literally baked right into the song. It's almost formulaic. Now, Jake, I'm not a a music person, but I know that you are. Somewhat, yeah. I might be able to. (laughs) You've produced music. You've made beats that have shown up on radio, TV, Mm -hmm. film. Yes. Yes. It's quite impressive. I actually had a song that charted in France, too. (laughs) Did you? Yeah, I produced a song that was like number one for a week. Pretty cool. (laughs) That's so cool. Yes. So apparently this song has a dulcet harmony. That means something. I don't know what it means. Mm -hmm. And it's made up of at least 13 distinct chords, including this really like special, special minor subdominant chord known as the most Christmassy chord of all. And this is a chord that is even found in Irving Berlin's iconic White Christmas. So it's almost like subliminally part of our Christmas consciousness. You know, it's funny you say that because now that you're saying all this, I'm like hearing the song in my head right now. And I'm like, damn, yeah, that's accurate. And and, because there's a lot of Christmas songs out there that don't feel like Christmas, don't sound like Christmas. You know, they just do a regular song and throw a damn sleigh bell on it. And then, oh, that's a Christmas song. There you go. It's a hit. Nah, just because you have somebody popular doing it and throw a sleigh bell on her does not make it a Christmas song. You got to feel it. And whether you like the song or not, you feel the Christmas spirit in the song. 100%. You really do. It is so much more than just the sleigh bell. Like you were saying, like it feels nostalgic, almost like it's always been. And it hasn't. This song came out in what? 94. 94. Yeah. Yeah. I was a senior in high school when it came out. Yes. So was I, class of 93. Ah, there we go. Okay. All right. That's why we're friends. See? That's why we're friends. <laughs> totally. So the single was actually released on October 29th, 1994. Mm-hmm. And in January 1995, it peaked at number six on the Billboard Hot Adult Contemporary Chart because there's mm. some delay in reporting. Mm. So, Jake, before we get into your thoughts on Mariah. Yes. How do you feel about Christmas in general? Are you a Christmas guy? <sighs> See, here's the thing. I'm not really a Christmas guy. Okay. But for the sake of my daughters, I love Christmas for them because Christmas wasn't fun for me growing up. I don't want to be a Grinch, and, you know, but when I see how happy my daughters are, you know, and they decorate because I tell them, let's not decorate my place this year. No, no, come on. All right. So we do it. I do it every year. And we go all out. Nice. When I see them and see how happy it makes them, then it makes me happy. 
But if they told me, Dad, don't decorate this year, I I probably wouldn't. I think a lot of Christmas is commercialized a lot. 100%. And it it, it takes the the mystique out of it. That's why I love Thanksgiving so much, because you're around people. You're around people you love. And the only thing you're sharing is food. Like, you're not trying to, you know, uh, you bring this, you bring this, you bring that. And you're not trying to outdo each other with gifts, you know. I, I think Christmas has gotten to the point where, hey, let's try and... I'll do one another all impress you by buying this big ass gift that nobody really wants to buy, but uh-huh. keeping up with the Joneses type deal. I just don't like what Christmas has become. And I wish we could kind of take it back, you know, to just loving one another, being with family and enjoying each other. And I, I it lacks that nowadays. It really does. I know what you mean. It was almost in a weird way. And I, I don't even, I feel stupid saying it because <laughs> last year was just such a shit show for like a, billion reasons right yeah it was bad yeah but i have to say like christmas i didn't get to see my family um because we were playing it super covid safe last christmas we did not spend time with extended family at all Mm -hmm. so we just stayed home just our immediate family and it was not that i didn't miss my family i 100 did but it was just sort of nice because it was like dialing it back to the most basic and simple principles of christmas that we just you know we got to get up be lazy. We had mm-hmm. a nice, simple Christmas. We spent the day right. together. It was very quiet. We weren't rushing here, rushing there, doing this, doing that. All the things that make the holiday season so frantic and crazy. Right. So yeah. it was a nice sort of reminder about like the need to really stop and recognize and focus on what matters and just let the rest of it go. But it's hard, yeah. you know, it's it it's is. really hard. I feel the need to see everybody before Christmas and give yes. to everyone. And yes, it's expensive. It's stressful. The stress yes. is terrible. Like, That's the other thing. Like uh, everyone's stressing to get somebody the hot toy or the television that they've been wanting instead of, hey, I want your time. I want to be with you. I want to hang out with you. And I've always been that way. Like to me, the most valuable currency For anything is time. You can get money back. You can get material items back. You can't get time back. And when somebody is gracious enough to give you a piece of their time, to me, that's the best gift I can get from anybody, whether it's my best friends, my kids, whoever it is. I feel that time is the most valuable commodity we have. So I feel that Christmas lacks that. And with COVID and everything that's happened in the past couple of years now, that but what you were discussing or how you had your immediate family mm-hmm. around you and you're spending time together to me that's christmas that's what i love about christmas right and i want more of that i, I like in an ideal world i hit the lottery i just fly in all my family all my yeah. friends we're on this big ass house and we're just laughing playing music playing cards dominoes whatever you want to do and just enjoying each other's company yeah. doesn't matter who got a gift or who didn't you know, but knowing me, I like to be generous sometimes and a lot, actually. And I would like, hey, all your stuff is in this hidden room. Go go get it. Your name's on it. <laughs> Free for all. I love <laughs> it. Right. Right. But like, I don't like I would rather give. I don't need gifts because I could afford anything I ever wanted. Mm-hmm. I don't need somebody to get it for me. But Christmas has become that whole thing where it's commercialized. It's just being together is what it's about. Yeah. It feels super gross to me. And and that was what I said to my husband last year. I'm like, this is the first year as much as I missed people. This is the first year where Christmas doesn't feel gross to me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
I felt the same way because I got to spend time with my girls yeah. and, and we weren't worried about gifts. And and they, I see the little heart stressing out over me. Like, dad, what do we get you? Like, what do you want? I want you happy. That's all I want. And I want your time. Yeah. I want, want your time. time. Spend time together, eat good food, laugh, watch movies, you know, cuddle up on the couch and blankets. And, and well, it's hard to do that in LA, you know, California, but you know, we try. <laughs> it's like a hundred degrees here right now. We're in Southern California. You guys, it's like so hot. It's like, I have my AC on. <laughs> oh, it's rough. I know. It's ridiculous, man. But yeah, that, that's what I, I, oh, I just love that part of it. Yeah. Okay. So even though Christmas isn't really like your jam, yeah. <laughs> what was the best Christmas gift you ever got? Oh man. Okay. This is, this is a funny story. So for Christmas, what I wanted from my mom, I wanted like back in the nineties the where we grew up, you know, yeah. the most popular thing, especially in my neighborhood was um, those big sports parkas, you know, they had like the team name on the back, the big hoodies, the big ones. Yeah. And, and I wanted a Laker one, like okay. bad, really bad. So I asked my mom, I'm like, mom, can I please get a Laker parker? Like, that's what I want. And she's like, I'll do my best, but I don't know if I could afford it because we, we were broke growing up. Okay. You know, we were lucky to get one or two gifts each. And that was fine, you know, because we spent time together and we ate food and it was like good food. Food is love, man. Food is love. I, I'm in love. Just looking at me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so she tried, but she couldn't afford it. She was a hairdresser, single mom. Okay. But she bought me this double deck tape recorder, like a boom box with double deck on it. And at first I was like, I didn't want to be ungrateful because I knew my mom worked her ass off to get right. it. I was like, oh, thanks, mom. And I'm like, okay, I'll make it work. And then I learned how to make beats off of that double deck tape recorder, which was unheard of because I couldn't afford a beat machine. So that was like my favorite gift. And I kept that thing all the way through the military till I got married. And it finally just died on me. But that was wow. my the best gift she ever gave me was um, a double deck boombox and look at the longevity of that and like what yeah. it ended up giving you that's so cool yeah because I, I ended up being able to hook it up to my dj equipment and i could uh make mixtapes and i'll sell mixtapes in high school and then make beats and sell the beats to like rappers that were terrible but they'd give me money for the beats so i was hey, like okay. i love the hustle <laughs> it's good i've been hustling since i was 13 years old nice. I've, I've had a job since i was 13 i've always worked and so that gift was so amazing and my mom was like you really liked it i was like mom first i didn't i'm not gonna lie but i loved it she was like i got it for like 45 dollars i'm like what she's like that's all i could afford but it ended up being the best gift ever and we were using that boom box to open gifts and listen to music on it again like i didn't have a car stereo my first car so that was my car stereo so i left california that baby in yeah that's right california to virginia back to california and i still had it and i was yeah so that was the best gift That's ever. So cool. And I know how hard my mom worked and she was so sad. So since then, she's bought me three Laker jackets because she feels bad <laughs> about it. And like, mom, uh, I, you, don't buy me any. I can afford it now. Like, you know, don't worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, what a good mom. I love uh, that She's story. awesome. Mama Pam, I love her. Shout out to Mama Pam. <laughs> That's so great. So, Jake, what are your thoughts on Mariah? Just in general. Oh, I love Mariah Carey. I love that she's been able to transcend through the different decades. Um, she's made a lot of dope party anthems. Um, she's made a lot of tearjerkers. I'm a big fan of Mariah Carey. I know she's a diva. 
uh, I know people that have worked with her that's like, I can't work with her, but I love her music. But <laughs> overall, I, I, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of hers, you know. And um, I remember being in boot camp. We, we couldn't listen to music at all until like our very last week when we were about to graduate. And that's when One Sweet Day with Mariah Carey. Of course, Boyz II Men, Aaron Bender, you know. Oh, yeah. You guys check out that episode. <laughs> it was a great episode. And he was funny. And the, just seeing all those pictures was great, too, you know. But um, One Sweet Day. And I heard that song at boot camp. And all those grown-ass men that were push-ups and doing guns and all that, crying. Oh. Crying. <laughs> and, and so I was like, man, but I've always liked her music from day one. So I'm a big fan, big fan. Okay. So you're a big fan of Mariah. Are you a big fan of all I want for Christmas is you? No, (laughs) I like it, but if I'm not going to put it on my, like I have my playlist of Christmas music, which I'm not a big Christmas music person, Okay, but I'll listen to it. It'll get me in the mood to decorate. My kids love the song. They love her whole album, the whole Christmas album. That song in particular, I just think they played the hell out of it so much that it's just like. That's how I feel about it, too. It's like the song is great. Okay. It's a great song. It's indisputable. The song is great. It's nostalgic. I loved it. Probably the first 500,000 times I heard it. But like, it's not on my Christmas playlist either, because I know the minute I step into CVS to grab a milk. (laughs) <laughs> it's playing <laughs> right the minute i go yes. to my dentist it's playing the minute i yes. step in an elevator it's playing or the post office yes. so like i don't need it on a playlist it's everywhere <laughs> it follows me i don't need to like bring it into my home it's already right. everywhere i go yeah exactly right? See, that's my point about the whole song like it's a great song but if i heard it ever so often then i'd be like damn i can't wait to hear it because yes. it puts me in the mood but it's like I hear it with my kids, you know, because they take over my car stereo when I'm driving them around. And then I'll go into a store, like you said, and it's there. And I'll go into a business and it's there. It's like, damn, why? Why do we need? That's not the unofficial anthem of Christmas. Like, come on, man. Oh, but it is, Jake. (laughs) Apparently so, because and I'm the Grinch because I don't want to hear it every single day, four times a day. How dare you? <laughs> How dare Monster. <laughs> I am, damn it. <laughs> well, the New Yorker, they describe the song as one of the few worthy modern additions to the holiday mm. canon. And you know what? I agree because I do. Yeah. Now it's very popular for singers of all levels of current popularity to be putting out Christmas albums. So we're, we really are inundated with them. I mean, I will say, have you heard Mary J. Blige's Christmas album? It is yes. fantastic. It's fire, man. I love oh, Mary J. Blige. Man. It yeah. is so good. <laughs> that is part of my playlist. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Mary J. Blige, she, you know, at least in studio, I've heard her sing live and, but like, oh, really? <laughs> Ooh, the tea. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So I didn't mean to go off track here, but I was at the Soul Train Music Awards in 1992, okay. and that's when Real Love came out. That was her jam. Oh, that was my so good. Love that song. Hear that piano? Dun, 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 dun. You know, oh, you know, yep. he started you know, dancing, and when she started singing, I was like, "Who the hell is that?" She got booed <gasps> off the stage, and when they did post production on it, you didn't hear the boos. I was in the audience and she got booed off stage because it was that bad. She finished the song, but it was not good. But yeah. I'm (laughs) just going to assume that was an off day because she is hella talented. She is. You know, it was hard for me to to sit through that. But 
I think the reason was she was dating Casey from Jodeci at the time, and they were going through a lot. So I think that might have had to do with it. And they were both at the venue that day. So okay. they probably had an argument or something. That's what it is. We've decided. Yeah, yeah I, that, at least in my head, that's what happened. And I'll forgive okay. her for it. Yeah, we all have <laughs> off days sometimes. We do. We it do. It just happens. So. <laughs> didn't mean to go off track with you. No, though. it's a great story. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Are you ready to talk about the video? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm ready. You might not know this. I actually didn't. There are actually two music videos for this song. Really? Yeah. And and they were both directed by Mariah. No way. I, yes. I only know the one where she's frolicking in the in the snow. In the snow. Okay. So that's Damn, what we're going to talk some about. Jewels on me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's what we're going to talk about because that's like the primary like video, right? That's the right. one we all know. Yeah. So there's another video and it was shot in black and white. And it features Mariah done up in this like whole 1960s look. Yeah. She's wearing like go-go boots and she's performing on stage and there's background singers and dancers. I will link to this in the show notes so you guys can check it out. Yeah. (laughs) Obviously it's the same song. It was filmed Mm -hmm. around the same time. So it's a young Mariah. It's a fun watch, but we're going to talk about the home video video. Yeah. Okay. As of this recording with you, Jake, Mm -hmm. the video has been viewed over 699 million times. Jeez. (laughs) I'm surprised it hasn't hit a billion. I'm surprised too. Yeah. Yeah. Like the song is fucking everywhere. Like I'm just surprised (laughs) that the, that the music video hasn't broke the internet, but it hasn't. Very shocking. The video, it's like splices of home movie footage, right? Uh Uh-huh. It's images of, Christmas trees and nutcrackers. It's Mariah playing in the snow. Mariah is waving at the camera many, many times. Yeah. Yes. She blows a lot of kisses to the camera. A lot. I thought they were towards me, but, you know, my (laughs) ego got crushed. But, yeah, whatever. You know, I'll I'll get over it. (laughs) A lot of Mariah playing in the snow and falling in the snow. There's a lot of falling work happening. Mm -hmm. Yes. We see her at one point cozy inside of a like a rustic cabin holding a white rabbit. Like, was that a gift? Who was that from? Right. Yeah. <laughs> she's playing in the snow in this red snowsuit and she's wearing a beanie and her hair's in braids. It's all very yep. cute. Then she's in the snow wearing like an off the shoulder velvet Santa dress. Yeah. Where it's like 10 degrees in upstate New York. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? So there is a Santa in this video. I've seen the Santa, yes. Okay, did you know the Santa is Tommy Matola? No way. It is. Damn, you're dropping jewels on me today. <laughs> Had no idea. No wonder she's all cozy to him because I know he was protective of, uh, of her. Right, like he would probably was like, there will be no other Santa other than me. Yeah, he used to sit in studio sessions when she was with other artists and would watch, like just make sure nothing happened. Oh, no pressure or anything. Allegedly. Okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I gotta throw that out there because I don't have the money to be getting, you know, sued by him. But I did not know that. No wonder she's all cozy because, you know, I've seen the video a million times. Like, damn, she's really like up on Santa like that. Yeah, man. she is up on Santa like that. And at one point, she's like basically pole dancing on some trees. Some like Christmas <laughs> yeah. trees. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What if that was his idea? You know, <laughs> I mean, it was wholesome pole dancing, but it was pole dancing. Nevertheless, yes. Wholesome pole dancing. Yes. That's, I've never thought in my 45 <laughs> years of life I've ever heard that term. And I know people that have been to those kinds of places. 
I don't know. I've not heard. you, I've heard, brother Jake. Uh, even even as, as a sailor, come on now. But <laughs> <laughs> wholesome pole dancing. <laughs> That's great. I want to use that in part of my vernacular now, man. <laughs> Hashtag wholesome pole dancing that's that's amazing <laughs> I, love I love it you know tonight can we go have some like go view some wholesome pole dancing you in you want to go I, I, i'll drive you know like there you go while you're pumping mariah's all i want yes. for christmas is you hey. yes you got it i love it <laughs> okay so there's some dogs in the video they're dressed in sweaters i love a dog in a sweater yeah of course it's cute it's so cute. And one of those dogs, I don't know which one, was Mariah's dog named Jack. Ah, Jack. Thank you, Jack, for participating <laughs> in the video. It's amazing. Thank you for your <laughs> smart sweater work. Yes. <laughs> right. So we see Mariah, you know, she's just so fun and playful. She's playing yeah. with dogs. She's shaking presents. She's yep. tossing wrapping paper at the camera. Yes. You know, she's trying on a silk robe like this is a gift that she got. Right. The one thing missing from this video, it's got your wholesome pole dancing. It's It's got <laughs> dogs and sweaters. I mean, it's got everything you could ever want. Oh, the it. only thing missing in this video is the you. All I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. Where is this you? Yeah. Is it the dog? Is it Santa? <laughs> is it the wholesome pole dancing tree that she's dancing on? What is you? You know, that's a good question. Where's he at? Who is you? I mean, we all know it was probably Tommy Matola because he wouldn't let it be anybody else. I mean, allegedly. Yeah, for sure. uh, allegedly, yes. Yeah, we're not trying to get sued. No, we're not. I felt like the video would, I mean, it was a fun video. It felt nostalgic, all those things. But yeah, like, very I felt like, let's tell the story of the video. Yeah, like, okay, so the, the rabbit that she's holding is not enough. The no. beautiful cabin in upstate New York is not enough. No. Santa that she's pretty much lap dancing and canoodling with is not enough. No. And, and then the wholesome pole dancing tree is not Right. Enough. So who the hell is you? Who the hell is you? Where is you? Is it like a six foot three muscular guy? Is it a five foot 10 chubby guy like me? Like, what the hell? We need to know this, Mariah. We do Damn need it. to know this because like it was all she wanted, Jake. That's Did she, she not wanted. get it? No. And she's blowing kisses to who? Is it you? It's you, big brother Jake. It's you. Well, you know, like I said, it was a bad breakup. I'm, I'm, I'm finally getting over it. We'll, we'll be okay. <sighs> okay, I'm back. So, <laughs> but maybe it is me. I don't know. I just felt like, you know, <laughs> I, I wanted a little bit more, just a little bit more. You, yeah, because it's lacking. Because now I see like the dogs jumping around in the video and the rabbit, you know, blowing kisses. Maybe you is like on military deployment. Oh, maybe that's sad. Maybe we don't know, but. I said there were a lot of kisses, waves, and falls in this video. Yeah. I counted them. I went back to count them because I was like, this is an <laughs> ongoing thematic element here. <laughs> so the kisses, any yeah. guesses on how many kisses she blew at the camera? I would say about seven. There were six. You were very close. Oh, damn, almost got Okay, okay. <laughs> how many times did she wave to the camera? Five. Eight. Damn it. It was a lot of waving. <laughs> Yeah, who are you waving to? To you, Big Brother Jake. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Let me get over it. <laughs> How many falls in the snow? Six. Actually, I made it sound like there were a ton of them. There were only two, but even like two seemed like but a They were lot. so dramatic, though, in the falls. Because <laughs> she like falls in sections, you know, like, ah, ah, you know, it's like, that's three. That's three. That's three, right? right? That's one. <laughs> I'm surprised after those falls, she wasn't like doing 
snow angels. There were no snow <laughs> angels, which was surprising. You should have directed the video. I know. Mariah. I mean, she directed it. God bless. But <sighs> see what happens when the artist takes creative control over everything. <laughs> Damn it. It wasn't enough, Mariah, that you wrote the song, sang the song, and you had to direct the video. Like, come on, leave something for the rest of us. Yeah, some some people need jobs out here, man. Come on. Especially <laughs> back in 94, damn it. Right? The recession was bad. It was bad. <laughs> so one of my favorite things to do is to read YouTube comments. Oh, yes. Okay, so someone wrote, everyone who works in retail, colon, ah, shit. Here we go again. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I can only imagine you're working at JCPenney or somewhere. Dude, you're like, you know those kids at the know, Gap man. are like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell, man? This shit is killing me. I <laughs> uh, know. That's great. It's true. Someone yes. else said, my sympathy goes to the retail workers of America this holiday season. Yes, <laughs> yes same. Okay. Someone else said, I have been baited into this three times today. This is literally oh. the Christmas Rick roll. Yes. It is. That's kind of a dig at Rick, Rick Astley. I'm a big fan of his. My husband loves him so much. I listen to Never Gonna Give You Up every day at least once. Every day in the shower, one time required before I leave the house. It's like your walk-up music, like to life, yeah, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah, because it hits the soul. It hits it the does. soul. Make that a Christmas song. Throw some sleigh bells on that shit. I'm going to remix that shit. All right, do it. We want it. The world is asking. Okay, someone else said Mariah Carey has been carrying a whole holiday for nearly three decades with this song. That's accurate. True story. Yep. Yeah, because it's a part of our folklore now, part of the American fabric. If it you absolutely is. Yes. Someone else said, oh, my God, I can't understand. How did our parents live without this song? This is the best one. Oh, my dad would, God rest his soul. My dad would be like, I had Motown and Jackson 5 Christmas music. I, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> just fine without it. I, I survived. <laughs> yeah, he survived. My mom's same thing. She likes the song, but it's like, yeah, throw in some like Nat King Cole or something. Like, uh, That's a great album, too. <laughs> oh, that, the Jackson 5 Christmas album is amazing. The Motown compilation Christmas album is amazing. And, you know, if we could sidebar for a minute, my favorite Christmas song. Yeah. I don't know if you're going to ask that later. I, Tell me. This Christmas by Donny Hathaway. Every time it gets me. Oh. Every time. Donny Hathaway. Oh. The songs for you. He's so That amazing. song makes me just, oh. That's what this Christmas does to me because that's nostalgic, you know. So someone else said. This, this was my favorite. Oh, this is going to be good. She's laughing already. <laughs> Someone said, imagine going outside for Christmas and hearing your own song every single time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If I was Mariah and I, you know, I don't think Mariah is stepping into 99 cent store or no, whatever. I don't think she's no. hearing her song maybe as much as the rest of us are. She's not running her own errands. Right. <laughs> but imagine if she was, she would be like, cha-ching. Right? Every single time. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a moneymaker. Yeah, like every year, you know she's clocking seven figures out of it, man. I mean. Oh, dude, I actually have a figure here. Hold on. Oh, I love it. Yes. By 2017, The Economist reported that the song had earned $60 million in royalties. Holy shit. Damn. That was in 2017. 
the song hadn't even hit number one on the billboard yet. It didn't oh, do that yeah. until 2019. So imagine like that was 2017. Mm. It had hit yeah. million. I don't even want to know what it is now. Oh, she got to be over a hundred million on that song alone. Shoot. Alone. Damn, that's Damn, I need to start writing songs again, man. <laughs> you need to write like the new Christmas standard. Yes. I'm ready. The song was released in 94. In mm-hmm. 2003, like nine years later, it was featured in the film Love Actually. That's right. Yep. So mm-hmm. it like had a big resurgence after that film because mm-hmm. it's featured prominently. And that film has become like a holiday favorite for a lot of people. They watch it every single year. So it, yeah. unless you you know live under a rock and you forgot all about Mariah's <laughs> annual Christmas explosion, that right. film will remind you. Yeah. But in 2015, Mariah adapted the song into a children's book of the same name. Mm. And then in 2017, there was an animated film that came out. It's a straight-to-video film called All I Want for Christmas is You. And in it, a young Mariah wishes for a puppy for Christmas. So she's been, like, reworking this. Hey. She's just making piles of cash upon piles of cash. Then in 2019, like I mentioned, 25 mm-hmm. years after its initial release, the song finally hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100. And that is amazing because it broke all kinds of records, including the longest trip to number one. Wow. That's crazy. And that happened in 2019. And then last year in 2020, it hit number one again. Yeah, people stuck inside. They, they wanted to feel like they were at the store again. Yeah. Ordering on Amazon and bumping all I want for Christmas is you. You're right. They're on Amazon <laughs> clicking their shopping cart. And they're like, damn, I wish I was in a gap. Damn, I wish I was in a Forever 21. Right. I wish I was in a Foot Locker right now. That is hilarious. I suspect it'll hit number one again this year, especially because Mariah yeah. is really big on like, leaning into the Mariah season of it all. Oh yeah. She's playing it up. She knows what she's doing. In fact, Mariah just teamed up with McDonald's. Really? Yes. For a famous orders collaboration where beginning December 13th through Christmas Eve, if you make a $1 purchase at McDonald's, you will nab a freebie, a different freebie every day based on Mariah's favorites off the McDonald's menu. Wow. Okay. So get you to a McDonald's. I love McDonald's. I'm a so, huge you know I fan. do too. I, it's everybody, so good, Jake. Yeah, every, everybody talks shit on McDonald's, and, and, and I know it's not good for you, but damn, it's fucking good, man. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Like oh you know, get that quarter pounder. Oh, I'm hungry now. <laughs> it's so good. And Mariah, Mariah's favorite on the menu. Any guesses? What's Mariah's favorite menu item at McDonald's? Ah. Uh, Chicken McNuggets, maybe? No. Fries? No. What is it? It's a stupid cheeseburger. She's wrong. What? That's nobody's favorite. It's a lot of spongy bread. Yeah, you, you get the cheeseburger when you have change in your ashtray or whatever in your car. <laughs> like, I'm hungry, but I don't want to spend a lot of money. I just need a snack. I'll have enough for a cheeseburger and a soda. That's like three bucks. All right. That's when you eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. You're not like planning your night around a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Come on, where's your Big Mac? Where's your quarter pounder? Like, right. like let's eat something of substance, Mariah. Yes. Yeah. So in 2019, 
she reissued a deluxe 25th anniversary edition of this album. Mm. And it included two new music videos for this song. So now I think there are like a total more. of four. Yeah, there's like four music videos for this song. You guys. The first one was enough. <laughs> it really was enough. Yeah, like what else do we need to see? <laughs> we need to see Mariah with her you. I don't need to see Mariah in like a sexy velvet number singing this song. I know what Mariah looks like. I know she's a gorgeous woman. She is. With an incredible voice. Right. Show me a Hallmark love story. That's what I want in my music video. I want Mariah's happily ever after. Yes. Her marketing team is missing out. And Lori, you should be part of like head of marketing and head of like creativity for her team and right. find the That's damn it. you that she's been looking for for 25 years because we all want to know. It wasn't Nick Cannon. It wasn't Tommy Matola. It wasn't Derek Jeter. Who the hell is the you? Because she doesn't have you. She's still singing about it. You're on to something. I think I am. Thank you for that vote of confidence, Big Brother Jake. I will ride for you. I will campaign for you to get that job because you know what you're talking about. Maybe she wants you because she wants you to help advance her career even more. Uh, Maybe it's you, Lori. I figured it out. I've been wondering what to do, like next professional steps. Maybe this is the answer. Yeah, you, you might want to like reconsider some things in your life. You know? <laughs> and you know what? Maybe if I had like a hot second away from this song without it playing in my head, I could actually figure some shit out. Yeah, you, you have to do it in the summertime because that's when you're not going to hear it. Yeah, okay. So the legacy and the staying power of this song, like it's totally indisputable. Absolutely. Andrew Mall, the assistant professor of music at Northwestern University, told Time, it's not a religious song. She talks about Christmas, but no religious beliefs. That's true. Yeah. It's actually a love song. And he said, anyone can inhabit those lyrics. The lover is not named. The lover is not gendered. So anyone can put themselves in that position as needing someone to love at the holidays. It's a secular love song, not a religious Christmas carol. And I think that really sums it up. You know, yeah. It is vague enough that it can be something that just belongs to everyone. Absolutely. It's not exclusive. But the thing is, like, you can listen to it in a church. You can listen to it at a backyard boogie. And it, no one gets offended. The only thing that's offensive about it is it's played too damn much. <laughs> Other than that, you can bump that track anywhere. Now I think about it. Anyone can listen to it. Man. What's his name again? The professor? Andrew Mall, assistant professor at Northwestern University. Get that man an honorary doctorate because he broke it down better than anywhere else I've ever heard in my life. Mm -hmm. She was on to something when she wrote that. In 15 minutes. Damn. But a lot of hits are made in quick amounts of time, though, because it's that synergy that comes in that studio. I've sat in a lot of studio sessions and some of the sessions where they were three hours. We ended up throwing the whole damn song away because it sucked. Uh. But. There's times where 20 minutes, yeah, I got it. Oh, and then you play a melody. Oh, shit, this shit's going to bump. And then all of a sudden you're out and you sell that damn track for a lot of money. And they're like, how long did it take you? You don't want to tell them, but you're like, uh, like 20 minutes. <laughs> you know what? It's true, though. It's like I, I've talked about this before with other things on the right. podcast. It's like sometimes it's energy and magic and it's lightning in a bottle. And sometimes it just, for whatever reason, everything comes together to create this perfect thing yeah all the stars have to align everybody's energy has to match and that's how hits are formed and okay. and if you listen to interviews of, of artists that have told you about their greatest hits it's usually eh, we just got together and it was quick that's so cool 
This song has sold an estimated 17 million copies. I'm sure it's more by now. Oh, yeah. You add the digital sales to that. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's over huge. 100 million. Yeah. And this is the best-selling Christmas single by a female artist, like by far. Oh, yeah. Historically. Everyone loves that song. Everyone loves it, even if they're tired of it. Yeah. I mean, when I don't hear it after like a week and it's Christmas time, I'm like, okay, what's going on here? You know? It's very, very wrong. <laughs> Something's off. Play it, damn it. Let me walk into the gap. Oh, there it is. All right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Ooh, everything is back <laughs> to normal. The universe is back to normal. <laughs> so, Jake, I want to shift focus from the queen of Christmas to you, the king of podcasts. Oh, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> You're doing it. So that. before we get into the Big Brother Jake podcast, uh-huh. can we talk about your super cool day jobs? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> okay, cool. So you've worked for Westwood One, mm-hmm. Fox Sports Radio, the Los Angeles Dodgers, yes, even with Vin Scully, which is it amazing. Did. Yep. <laughs> you currently work for the LA Clippers and LA Kings radio broadcasts. Uh-huh. What's it like? I know you're a huge sports oh, fan. What is that like to be making real dollars at a day job <laughs> doing something you love? Let me tell you, and I get goosebumps like hearing all that. I never take it for granted, number one. Anyone that follows my social media, every time I'm there, I do video, I take pictures. And, and I know some people are like, damn, dude, we know where you work. Like, yeah, but I'm happy. It's a surreal feeling because the first sporting event I ever went to was the Clippers, and I'm a Laker fan, but like, uh, and I love the Clippers now because, you know, they pay the rent. Um, but like, <laughs> buy the Christmas gifts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Even the single, if you want, right there. I walked into the LA Sports Arena. It was the Clippers versus the New York Knicks. And walking into a sports arena, it was like the dopest feeling in the world. My dad and I, we didn't have a lot of memories together, but one of those, one of the few memories we had was, walking into the sports arena and then six months later walking into the forum mm-hmm. and seeing the Lakers always the Clippers like my dad was a cheapskate man he always tried to buy Clipper tickets but you could <laughs> buy them for four bucks with a Big Mac purchase you know not a cheeseburger a yeah, Big yeah Mac. not a cheeseburger Mariah you know and I want bad map the Clippers now because they're box office now but walking into the stadium or the arena and you walk in and see the lower bowl and you see the lights on the court mm-hmm. it was like the coolest thing to see And every time I walk into Staples Center now, I'm like, wow, I am so blessed to do what I do every single day. And I get goosebumps. And I take a minute before I set up my gear to soak it all in. And I set up my gear. And then I take another moment after and said, holy shit, I don't belong here. Like, how the hell did this happen? It's a surreal feeling. And I love it. And I hope I could do that job. And I mean this with all my heart. If I won the lottery. I would still do that job. I'd do it for free. That's amazing. I love it that much. You know, I have to tell you, Jake, because I follow you on social media and I have Mm -hmm. seen you post every time I walk into Staples, I get goosebumps. I do. And I love that you feel that every single time. Every single time. Even because here's the thing, like every time I walk in, everything that's bad or even good goes away. It's like I get paid to watch this shit. Like I get to watch sports and I get to control the play-by-play that's playing for millions of people. I'm in control of that. I'm the mixer. And I'm like, so I got my own play-by-play here that I can interact with. 
My man, Noah Eagle. Shout out to Noah Eagle, Clippers play-by-play guy. And uh, Hall of Famer Nick Nixon and Daryl Evans with the Kings. They, they treat me so wonderful. And they, we all have a good time. Like, when we're in the booth, all of us, different sports, it's a big party. Like, we're laughing. You know, they're playing the warm-up music. You know, when people are coming in, we're dancing. And we're, like, singing along and having a good time. And we have chemistry and a bond like no other. And that's what makes it fun, too. I love it. Like, I miss, I, I don't work today as we're recording this. And I'm like, damn, I want to go to work. <laughs> oh, we should all feel that way. That is so yes. great. It wasn't always like that for me, though. Mm-hmm. This is what I've always wanted to do. I, I mean, I wanted to do play by play, but I had a speech impediment. Uh, you know, I have a list that I have to, like, talk through. So sometimes it comes out, sometimes it doesn't. I stuttered as a kid. But, like, the best thing next to that is sitting next to the person doing it. And controlling the audio, even with the Dodgers, you know, I got to travel with the team, and that was fun. oh, it's incredible. That, that was the best two seasons of my life, man. That's like career highlight. I love what I do now, don't get me wrong, but you're on the road with your favorite baseball team, and, and, and going and watching your favorite baseball team in all the different um, ballparks across the country, man, it's a great feeling. I've been so blessed to do what I've done. Like I could write a book, man. I, like I call myself the black force Gump because I just fall into situations that what, he, you did that too. Damn. Who do you not know? Like, it's, it's crazy. I've lived a charmed life, man. I, I love my life. It's so great. <laughs> and you get to share your stories for everyone on the big brother, Jake podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's part of the podcast one network lineup. I have to tell you your observations And you're like hot takes on society and news and things that are going down in real time. They are always fresh, always relevant. Thank you. You're a really positive person. Like even when you're mad, Jake, (laughs) I find it so charming. I find you completely adorable. Even when you're like, I'm mad. (laughs) I got to tell you guys why I'm mad. I'm like, tell me, Jake, tell me why you're mad because I just love it so much. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, here's the thing. A lot of people want to put you in a box, you know, and they want to put you in a certain category. You really can't put me in a category. You know, you can't. Oh, are you liberal? Are you conservative? Man, I'm human. You know, some things I am conservative, some things I'm liberal on. And I think that's the problem with society nowadays. It's like we always have to label somebody or it's ridiculous. It's like, come on, man. Just what happened to us being human beings? Like we can't talk to each other because somebody likes the other candidate or this political belief should stop me from being your friend. No, it's stupid. It's stupid. It's, it's all feathers on the same bird if you look at it. So it's like, you know, it's my view on, on things when I do my podcast. It's how I see it, and I'm not going to apologize for who I am and how I view it. In talking through current events and societal mm-hmm. issues, what has the experience of podcasting taught you? What gifts has it brought you? Well, here's the thing. The one thing I've learned about podcasting and, and being heard in 80 different countries is so that, cool. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm just like, I live in eastern San Gabriel Valley, like, damn. I learned that you can reach people and you don't realize, it. you know, one of my favorite stories I tell all the time is I never say his name and he just goes by the name of Jay and he's from Cleveland and he is a podcast junkie and he was going through chemotherapy and he was like, I want to see this, this logo, big brother, Jake, you know, okay, I'll, I'll try it out. And he heard me and he's like, man, I listened to every episode during chemo. It got me through chemo. I'm like, really? Like, 
you hear stories like that or, you know, because I'm a single dad, it's like you're, you're relatable to people. Like my biggest audience is women, which is crazy to me because like I'm not trying to cater to women on my show, but you just got the thing, Jake. <laughs> well, where are they? You know, <laughs> I'm busy a lot, probably. That's why. Uh, but but that's the thing, like podcasting taught me you have a reach. And like, I've always been like this. I'm not different for the podcast. You know, I'm this ant up. I'm this hyper. I'm this fun to be around. I'm the, the life of the party. I like the whole court. I'm that way. I just translate that with a microphone in front of me. Right. And and I learned that people can relate and everyone won't like you. And I like that everyone doesn't like me. Some people are getting on the damn nerves and I love it. That's those are the ones I cater to. You know what? Those are the ones that are hitting subscribe and listening to every episode. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're mad. Let me buy you a cape. Now you're super mad. Okay. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Like, you know, I'm unapologetic about anything I discuss. But that's the thing that podcasting taught me that you have a reach and people listen to you and people remember things. They'll say, You said this, this, and that. I'm like, When? When did I say that? Episode 109. Like, oh, yeah, you're right. I did. <laughs> guess yeah you're like shit i'm up to 150 now i don't remember 109 and i don't remember 23 like, like i forget it after i do it i'm done and it's like people bring it up and they're like yeah man i was sitting with my friends at the barber shop and we were listening and laughing like really why do something else with your time like <laughs> you know, i appreciate the listen but dude don't debate what i'm talking about with a group of people why man go get some girls or something like, that. like well, and i think this is the thing people don't really understand about podcasting and i before i started this podcast because i've only been doing this for about a year uh-huh. i consumed a ridiculous amount of podcasts it was like it was always going on in my ear no matter what i was doing i was right. listening to a podcast and you know you started this in 2018 uh-huh. you are not the same person now that you were in 2018 and so when people are saying like oh well you said this and you're like i'm a different person i've lived some life a lot of shit has gone down oh hell yeah i'm ever changing in how i feel about things i'm growing and evolving yeah and and if you're not you're you're gonna be stagnant and what are you gonna learn in life you know when i started my podcast i was in an unhappy marriage and i i wasn't fully myself the first 50 episodes maybe okay wasn't myself you know because I, I mean i would talk about politics and or, or any topic that was a hot button topic i was never afraid to tackle that but i'm like i'm happily married with my kids but i'm gonna talk about this because i'm crazy man i'm loud <laughs> and then it's like you know what nah man i'm still not being authentic to myself and I so know. i evolved and i talked through a lot of my pain with my divorce it's still going on like it's been two years you know so it's it's but it's it's something I, I can talk about and, and not hurt anymore. And people like that. Cause like I had one episode where I just bared my soul and I cried and I was like, I'll put it out. Fuck it. I don't care. And I wow. got the biggest response and people are like, man, I'm going through that too. Oh my God, man. You like, you touched me on that. And, and it's like, that's what podcasting is so dope. You meet people and you connect with people and you learn. That's the coolest part. And, and it takes you places. Oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of taking you places, uh-huh. what's next for you? Ooh, <laughs> here's the thing. I'm going to dive more into the video aspect because I know the way things are going now, people need visuals. You know, people aren't patient enough just to hear your voice. They want to see. Well, shit. This and is no. <laughs> a drag, right? I hate that. Like, I can know. I be in my, my home studio and not be seen? Like, who wants to see me? Now I got to like lose weight and put on like 
you know. I feel like I have to brush my hair. Like, right. really? Let me wear really? a t-shirt, my hat, and just be here. Like, you know, I want to oh. get on. Yeah, but I mean, if the checks are clearing, then yeah, all right. How y'all want me to dress? <laughs> Suit and tie? Bow tie? Got you. But, you know, the thing is, I want to be in the top 100. I want to be where Joe Rogan is. I want to be where, like, Mike Tyson is and all these, you know, Adam Carolla, one of my, you know, network mates over there, Podcast One. Like, I want to be up there with them. Um, That's the goal. To, to where it's like, damn, you do a podcast every day? Yeah, yeah. And we have fun. We get sponsors. We're living good. We're eating good. And people know who the hell we are. And we're doing live rem- uh, remotes out all over the country. Like, uh-huh. that's the goal, like, to be seen. But I also want to continue to be that escape for everybody else because, you know, there's so many podcasts that are dedicated to politics or sports. Like, I've done sports my whole radio career. If I did just a sports-driven podcast, I'd go fucking nuts. Like, I would be so, like, this is some bullshit. Like, I don't want to talk about X's and O's. I want to talk about why gas prices are high. Or how come Will Smith keeps putting himself out there looking stupid? Like, those are the things I want to talk about. That's what everybody else is talking about. Like, I want to talk about that with everyone else. I don't want to talk about LeBron James is injured and when the Lakers aren't playing, they're like one and seven. With I don't care. Like, nobody wants to hear that. Like, everyone expects that from me. And then when they tune into my podcast, they're like, oh, damn, you talked about, you know, being a dad, you know, and your girl's having the first period and stuff like, yeah, uh-huh. because that's real, real life. life. You know, it's not real life when these dudes are playing baseball or basketball. That's fantasy, man. It's entertainment. It pays the bills. I ain't going to lie. And I, I'm not going to disrespect it. But that's not what people really want to talk about. Let's okay. talk about, you know, damn, what do I have to make? for? I got to cook dinner. I want to eat out, man. Like, you know. <laughs> I want a quarter pounder with cheese. Yes, I don't want to make food for the family. What's my Mariah freebie today? Right. <laughs> exactly. So those are the things that, you know, I want to continue to do and, and, and build that kind of brand and, and have a platform to where I just want to be me and show the world that a kid that grew up poor from San Bernardino, California, can bum rush the podcast world and be entertaining educate a little bit and I can learn something. I've been told all my life, you're not going to make it. You're not good enough. You talk too much. You have speech impediments. You know, you're sensitive. And I am, I'm a cry baby, man. Especially since I had daughters. Oh my God. I cry over everything now. Like, oh, oh, she's driving. My oldest is driving now. And I'm like, when did this happen? And those are the things that I I like to talk about because that's what people are going through. And I want that like way down the road. Yeah. I'm trying to get big, man. I'm trying to That's make that good. Money. You know, I heard on a recent episode that you had some goals of being the Quincy Jones of podcasting. Yes. Cause I produce a lot of podcasts too, you know? So. Yeah. Tell me a little <laughs> bit about that. What's that like? So I'm going to plug a couple of people here. Shout out to my family at Rose City Sound. There's a podcast that's really good called On This Frequency, and it's with Ricky and Natalie. They're like my little sisters, and they talk about everything, like real shit, you know, like stuff I won't even talk about on my podcast. Like, mm-hmm. that's real. They're raw, but they're amazing. And um, I produced that one. And then my guy, Nick Hamilton, he does a lot of sports stuff, but he owns Nightcast Media, and I signed on to work with him. And just based off the, the radio experience I have, I just try to guide both of them and work with them and show them, hey, look, I'm an outsider looking in. This is how this should go. This is how that should go. Uh And they're crazy enough to let me do it. And so I like to wear different hats because it keeps me fresh. Eventually, I want to have a network. 
where I have different podcasts under my umbrella and I could step away from the mic like this and produce from back here and be happy to do it. You know, that's what I want to do. I love this stuff so much. I don't want to retire. I, I don't want to do anything else. I love podcasting. I love radio. And I want to be the Quincy Jones because he's created stars like Thriller sold a hundred million albums, a hundred million albums. And that was before the digital age. I know. And Quincy Jones is in the studio with analog equipment, nothing digital, real to real, and sold a hundred million copies. Okay. That's magic. And that man, I admire him so much in like his drive and his genius. And I think I have something to offer to this world. Like I was not gifted with a jump shot. I couldn't dunk a basketball. I could, I could barely hit a baseball. If you, if it's a curveball, I'm done. I'll strike out. You know, it has to be high in a, outside. I'm not going <laughs> to like, like I wasn't gifted with that, but I think this was my calling since I was five at a Mr. Microphone walking around the house and like, damn dude, can you stop? You know, it's in my, my blood to produce, you know, it's fun to be behind the microphone, but I love to produce more. Like that's nice. my favorite because it's like when you collaborate with genius creatives and that magic happens in the studio, whether it's a podcast studio or a recording studio for music, all of it's fun. And that's what drives me. I can tell that this creative collaboration really does like feed you. It does. It really does. Thank you. Yes. I love to do it. And I love working with people that want it, you know, and when they want it, like I'm going to bring it out of you. My, my guy, Nick Hamilton, he was the one that, told me we were like, like sitting I, I was at a car wash and we were on the phone together and I was getting ready to go out of town and I was like dude my podcast man everybody else's podcast taking off I'm kind of like mad I want to like do more of mine and he says well maybe your calling is not to just blow yours up but everyone else because you have such great ideas and he's like you're the one that told me you had like three Emmy winners like that were under you in radio and now they're like blowing up in their markets I'm like yeah yeah, and worked with a Marconi winner. It's like, yeah. He's like, you make stars, bro. That's your calling. And I'm like, yeah, maybe you're right. My mom says the same thing all the time. It's like, you make people around you better. You should be a motivational speaker. I'm like, I would do that. That'd be fun, you know? What I love is that you're just so open to the possibility. You're so oh, open yeah. to fresh ideas and yes. and new <laughs> new opportunities. And like, I can tell that you welcome it all. And a lot of us are very close-minded and very linear in our thinking about <laughs> these things, but you're really not. Well, see, that's the thing. And thank you for that. I would be stagnant if I just did one thing. That's why I couldn't work. I quit radio full-time for four years and worked at my alma mater at University of Laverne because I went back and got my degree at 35 and I graduated in two and a half years. Love I was it. taking 25 units a semester until I finished and working full-time 60 hours a week and raising two girls. Um, you know, I still married, but like I was doing everything normal and through school on top of it. So that's why when I hear somebody say, oh, I can't, I'm tired. Shut the hell up. Yes, you can. You're lazy. Mm -hmm. That's just me. But like, if you want it bad enough, you'll do it. And so I want to learn more because my way is not always going to be the right, right way. You know, if I learn a different way how to do something or, or, or learn something new, it can enhance my skill set and I could go on to do something even greater. And I, that's why that all goes back to wanting to learn all the time. I'm nowhere where I want to be, but I'm very happy where I'm at. Well, you can't ask for more than that. Absolutely. I, I, I'm living a dream life right now. All that's missing is like the mansion and a pool and a truck. Like <laughs> all Jake wants for Christmas is a mansion, a pool, and a truck. That's it. Santa. Damn it, Santa. Santa and Mariah. Where are you at? Where are you at? Where are you at? You.
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I could go on and on. This thing will be five hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jake, thank you so much for joining me. I had such a blast talking about Mariah and you, and I love your energy and spirit. You're just oh, so much you. fun and you're so warm. It was my pleasure to come on, Lori. And anytime you ever want me back on, I'm down. Like, oh, yes. I will definitely be having you back. And you guys, I'm going to put links to all of Jake's stuff in the show notes. Be sure to check them out. Check out the Big Brother Jake podcast. You will not hey, be sorry. I love it so much. It's always such a fun and inspired listen. So thank you, Jake. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on it. I had a really good time. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you. And Gen Xers you can find us on the web at theuntitledgenxpodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram at the Untitled Gen X Podcast. We hope you keep in touch, beautiful people. Bye. All right, y'all. Bye. Deuces. <laughs> <laughs>